Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. I got a word for you that I believe is going to bless you. We're, we're going to specifically focus on the moms, uh, but this is going to, this is going to speak to everybody uh, in, in, in the house today. And so we're going to go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, I've, I've got uh, some, some personal stories I'm going to share uh, today. Uh, I've got an incredible mom and uh, been blessed that way. Jamie already mentioned this, my wife, uh, that, uh, that not everyone has the same experience, obviously, with families and uh, with upbringings. And so for some of us, you know, Mother's Day uh, can be very painful. For some of us, Mother's Day is very joyous, uh, depending on different life experiences that you've had. And uh, I, I just want you to know wherever you are and whatever experience you've had, uh, our prayer today is that you'd sense the presence of God, that, that you would be encouraged, that you'd be built up, that you can just have uh, a, a little bit more faith going into tomorrow and uh, going into this next season uh, of your life. We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. It says, I am reminded, this is Paul writing to Timothy, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived it didn't originate in you, but it first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. I, I want to I talk about uh, this passage of scripture, specifically this verse. It means a lot to me uh, because of how I stumbled upon this, uh, this scripture, which I'll share with you. But being a mom is difficult. I, 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 I don't know firsthand, obviously, because I'm, I'm not a mom, but uh, be, being a mom, from my observation, is difficult. It, it, it's like all the things that y'all do, and the things that you handle, and the stress that you put up with, and the, 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 the way that you remember things, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone has this problem, but I open up the fridge and I'm like, oh, wow, there's nothing here. And then Jamie can go to the fridge, she can open it up, and then she creates something. And I'm like, this is like a modern-day miracle. This is like Jesus in the loaves of fish and the, you know, the, the fish and the bread. It's like there was nothing there except ketchup and butter, and you created this. I mean, that's incredible. That's what a mom does. A mom can do the impossible. And so I grew up with a mom that could do the impossible. And so she, I'm an amazing mom. Uh, I am blessed to have an incredible experience with a mom uh, that loved us, uh, that still loves us, uh, that still checks in all the time. All the time. Uh, literally, there's a two-hour change. She lives in Washington State. There's a two-hour time change. I've already heard from her this morning. I'm just going to tell you. And uh, so uh, I heard from her before I could encourage her. She's already encouraging me on Mother's Day. And uh, isn't that a good picture of a mom? Uh, just serving all the time. And I, I was reading this passage of Scripture. And I think it's really interesting. It says that what was living in Timothy did not originate in Timothy. What was living in Timothy was what was living in his grandmother and that what's lived in his mother. And now, Paul said, by nature of your relationship with them, I'm persuaded that it lives in you. I am convinced that what was in your grandmother and in your mother now lives in you. 
Now, we know that faith has to be believed in and of itself. I don't get to be a believer because my mom's a believer. I've got to believe on my own. But Paul was convinced because of the way that they had raised him and the ways that they had invested into him, that because of that, he was persuaded that what was in Timothy was similar to what was in them. And if it was in them like it was in them, then he was convinced that was what was in Timothy really Paul, and you can see this in his writings, had the the belief that it would change the world. He believed that Timothy was a leader that would have massive impact, which he would, on the modern day church of that time. Lois, the Bible says, the, 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 the grandmother, theologians believe, was the first believer in her family. They believe in one of Paul's journeys to, to, to Lystra, as he came to this city, that, that, that Lois and her daughter Eunice were both saved under Paul's teaching. That they came to faith. They came to know Jesus. Theologians believe that Lois and Eunice uh, both were married to unbelievers. Now I think this might encourage some of you moms that are fighting a battle maybe by yourself. Maybe you find yourself today in a little bit of a struggle because you're carrying the brunt of the faith load of your family. You are charging forward. You're leading the way. I want to tell you about this lady named Lois. In the Bible, because the Bible says that she married a Greek man who was not a believer in what she believed. Acts talks about this in Acts chapter 16, verse 1. It talks about the conversion and what her husband was. And, and, and he was not a bad man. He just didn't believe the same things that she believed. And so she was alone in her faith. She was alone in forging forward. And the Bible says even of Eunice, that, th- that commentaries believe that Eunice as well had an unbelieving husband. So how did Lois and how did Eunice without a strong man in the house without a father linking arms with the mother. How did they get Timothy? Full of faith, pastoring a church in the early church, leading the way, getting Paul's greatest devotion and greatest attention. How did they get that? Because something that was in them got imparted into Timothy. There's something about a mom. There is something about a praying mom. There's something about a faithful mom. There's something about a generous mom. There is something about a woman, a, a woman of faith that can believe for the next generation. I, I had an alternate title that I, that I kind of threw out because we're in this series uh, right now. But when I, when I was writing this, I just wrote down uh, the, the seeds of sincere faith. The seeds of sincere faith. Because that's what I believe moms really have the power to do, is to sow seeds of sincere faith. In the Roman world, fathers had absolute authority over the family. And since Timothy's father was not a Christian, his home situation was probably less than ideal. And yet God still used these godly women in this less than ideal environment. I don't know if you've ever been in a less than ideal environment, but God sees you in the midst of it. Whether you're a man or a woman in this house, I want you to know that if you're in a less than ideal situation, God is for you. He sees you. He believes in you, and he's going to leave a legacy through you. Whether you're a dad, whether you're a mom, in a less than ideal situation, I'm I'm just here to encourage you that God has not forgotten about you. That it's not too late. 
You ever, you ever, you ever felt like that? Like, like it's just, like maybe it's too late. It's, it's too late. I got a confession to make to you as, as we, uh, you know, it's Mother's Day, and, and I'm going to tell you about a father fail, okay? Um, I've found, I don't know if anyone's discovered this yet, but there is a magic in parenting. It's, it's new to, you know, the, to, to just the last couple years, but it's magic. It's literally magic. I can go to a dinner with you. We could have a two-hour dinner. My kids will sit still, and they will not make a sound. I'm serious. They will not make a sound. They will sit. They will be silent. They will mind. You will not even hear from them. As long as there is an iPad in front of them. It's magic. It's magic. And, and, and if I put that iPad up, they're gone. We, three and a half hour flight, no problem. Gone. It's, we're going to fly tomorrow. No problem. Gone. I mean, they, if there's an iPad in front. So, so the, I, I started thinking about this like, they're, they're watching that iPad too much. Like, we, we, we go to the, uh, it's not right, okay? I'm not saying it's right. It's just like, it's so easy. Because if you go to dinner with us without the iPad, you're, you're going you're gonna to question our parenting. But if I can hold my phone underneath the table, they will sit and look like angels, and you'll never know. And you're gonna think we're good parents, but if I take it away, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be like trade places with a person next to you, take out my phone and film you with my kid and say, man, learn how to parent, because I'm not gonna claim them at that point. And I, I, Jay and I were honestly talking about this the other day, and we're like, okay, whoa, whoa, we got to put, like, some boundaries on this. we got to get some limits. we got to get, and I, I thought in the back of my mind, it might be too late. <laughs> my kids are four and three. <laughs> I'm like, it might, be, it might be too late. We have let it gone to, it, to break them now? You, 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 ever, you ever felt in parenting like it might be too late? Maybe, maybe they're 18. Maybe they're 22. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're further along in life. You felt like it, maybe it's too late. I've got great news for you. It's never too late. It is never too late. The seed of sincere faith might not bring a harvest today, but the Bible teaches that the seed of sincere faith will grow over years, and you might not know when it harvests, you might not know when it blooms, but that seed of sincere faith will accomplish something, and I'm believing that in every family, that every mom, every dad that's in the place today, that the seeds of genuine sincere faith will go down deep and will bring a harvest to your family. I, 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 I wrote this this week. That, that this is like kind of like from this passage, a mother's guide to, to lasting impact. A mother's guide to lasting impact. And the first one's the one we already mentioned. It is sincere faith. That, that, that's what the scripture says, is that what was seen in Lois and what was seen in Eunice was sincere faith. And now it was seen in Timothy. Sincere means genuine. It's, it's, a, it's a genuine faith. It's a faith that is constant. It's not like a weekend faith. 
it's not like a Wednesday faith. It's not like a Bible study faith. It's not like a small group faith. It's a, it's a constant faith. It's in the middle of difficulty faith. It's in the middle of, of major crisis faith. It is, it is a faith that lasts. It is a faith that overcomes. It is a faith that walks through trials. It, it's a genuine faith. Not a put on faith. Not a mask faith. Not a look faith. It's genuine. You, you, you ever bought something cheap overseas that was supposed to be one thing, but it's, it looks like the real thing, but it's not? I mean, we've been to Thailand quite a few times, and my wife has some designer bags because I take care of her like that. It's, it's, just, it's just not genuine. I mean, you can judge all you want, but we got it in Thailand. It's not genuine. My fear is that the reason that some of our faith is not working is not because the faith is not right. It's because our faith is not genuine. That our faith is not sincere. It is the sincere faith that can make a lasting impact. Sincere faith should not just be an an occasional visitor, but a permanent resident. Sincere, genuine faith should not be just an occasional visitor, but a permanent resident. Sincere faith wasn't just an occasional visitor in Lois and Eunice, but it was a permanent resident and an inviting presence, exerting its influence for good on these godly role models, as well as on Timothy himself. Timothy enjoyed the great blessing of having a godly heritage, even though it was only one parent and one grandparent who contributed. Is that encouraging to anybody else? That even if you're in the battle by yourself, that you can still leave a great legacy, a sincere faith. It has to be a a, a living faith. A a living faith? A living faith. That's that's what this genuine faith is. It's not a dead faith. It's it's a living faith, which means it's an at-home faith, which means it works at home. You know that faith that just works in worship? That doesn't get you through a struggle. You need, you need the faith that is in the bed with you when you wake up with panic, panic attacks at 2 a.m. in the morning. You need a faith that is with you when you're driving by yourself on the backcountry roads and you don't know how you're going to make it through the next day. You need a faith that is so at home in you that when your kids are going crazy all around you, there is still some sort of peace in you. See, a faith that is, that, that, that is duplicated is a faith that is alive. Your children know how to see through you. They actually know if your faith is living or not. I know we want them to do what we say, but they won't do what we say until they see what we say. You better better respect your mom. You better respect your dad. Hopefully y'all respecting each other because what they're doing is what they see, not just what they hear. Wouldn't it be nice if they just did what we told them to do? And they didn't watch what we actually did. But a living faith seeps into every part of our life and every part of our influence. The idea of to be at home defines the depth and the extent to which faith has become a vital and integral part of our lives. The supernatural faith resident in Timothy 
was at home in him in the sense that it had it held free sway or power over his life. You know that faith is alive when it has power over you. You know faith is alive when it actually works. Let me say it this way, when it's functional. Is faith functional for you? Is, is your belief in God and belief in legacy and belief in it, is it functional or is it just idealist? Is it functional or is it just fantasy? Is it functional or is it just a mask? Living faith is faith that is functional. A faith that is passed on to the next generation is a faith that is functional, which means it can't be a private faith. It, it, it can't be a faith that is only there in the good times. It's got to be a faith that's there in the bad times. You know, the best example of faith is not when everything is great. The best example of faith is when you don't know if you're going to make it. If you don't know if that kid's going to serve God or not. You don't know if they're actually going to come out on the other side. And you stay steadfast. And you won't let go. And you won't back down. That is when faith is alive. That's the faith that's passed down. It's, it's a functional faith. Uh, it's, it's not awkward. Some of us, our faith is so, so distant from us, it's awkward to us. It's, it's, it's time to pray for the meal. We're more disciplined about our praying for the meal than we are just walking with Jesus. I know families that they will not miss the, the prayer before the meal for anything. I mean, we will, you will shut up and you will listen and we will pray to God right now. It's the only time they speak to God the entire day. But they make sure they get it before that meal time. It's not functional. It's not functional. Your kids are going to eat whether they prayed over it or not. They're still going to eat. You got to show them how to walk through storms. You got to show them how to walk through trouble and have your head held high. You got to walk through some disappointment and teach them how to not get bitter. You got to walk through some discouragement and teach them how to keep their joy. That is a living faith, friend. That's a faith that is functional. It's got to be a lasting faith, which honestly isn't that the difficulty? Is we have faith moments. We've got faith right now you might feel your faith rising. But, but what's going what's gonna to keep it there tomorrow? A lasting faith. That's what I think I respect about my mom so much is that it's been a lasting faith. It wasn't just when we were good or just when we were bad. It wasn't just when we were home or now that we've moved on. It was the, that it lasted. It was a faith that was real. It was at home in her. It dwells in her. It's alive in her. And we saw it in bad times. We saw it in good times. And it lasted. Faith that will have the greatest impact is faith that stands the test of time. All right, we're changing everything in the house. We're, all, we're going to church every Sunday. That's it. And then you do it for three weeks. That's it. We're all going to be in small groups. We're going to get connected. Kids, you're going to VBX. That's it. You're going. And then it's like, ah, we got busy, sports. Faith that lasts. It, it would, it'd be better. It would be better to do less over a long amount of time than do more and have it stop before you really need it. It would be better to actually just every day sow a seed. 
Every day, make a contribution. Every day, let your faith grow just a little bit. Every day, let that expand just a little bit. Then these, these little bursts, this roller coaster Christianity ride that we go on, that our faith is high and our faith is low, our faith is up and our faith is down, but that we actually have a faith that is not just alive, but it's a faith that lasts. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will. This is an encouragement for someone. Not you might, not you may, not it possibly could come, but you will reap a harvest. Whatever you're believing for, whatever you're standing for, you will reap a harvest. Do not grow weary. Don't get tired. Don't get tired in your faith and let it go. Well, it doesn't look like it's working, Pastor. No, no, it's seeds. Seeds of sincere faith takes time to grow. Seeds of sincere faith. Seeds of sincere faith. Every time you love that kid when he doesn't love you back, it's a sowing a seed. Every time you serve that kid and he doesn't say thank you, it's sowing a seed. Every time you sow that seed and they don't respond to you, you still sowed a, a seed. And the Bible says, do not grow weary in that sowing process. Do not grow weary in doing good. For in, in due season, you will reap a harvest. I think a couple things my mom did that are just like amazing and, and they're really simple, almost cliche, but it's three things that mark her life that I believe has impacted me greatly and all my siblings is that she made a point to sow seeds consistently and she sowed seeds, she sowed the word. My mom talks the word all the time. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. Like not just, not just good sayings, not just Pinterest quotes. I'm talking about the living word of God. I'm talking about the, 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 the old school, like the actual, I don't have it up here, the actual paper. I mean, just like read something. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your fridge. Get the word into your kids. When they wake up in the morning, have it playing over the sound system. Let them hear the word of God. Well, they don't want to hear it, pastor. They're going to hate it. No, the Bible says that the word is actually alive. Doesn't matter if you like it or if you don't. And if it comes into your ears, Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we need to release the word. And my mom did this consistently. She sowed the word. She sowed the word. She sowed prayers. All the time she was sowing her prayers. All the time. I mean like all the time. I've told you stories about my mom. My mom was like creepy prayer. Like, I come home at 2 in the morning, she's in my room, kneeling at my bed, praying for me that I wasn't acting a fool while I was gone. I'm like, you know, God can hear you from anywhere, Mom. Like, this is cool, y'all, you're in here and stuff, but like, I, I, you don't need to be in my actual room. She's like, believing in impartation and all kinds of like, no, nah, I'm going to pray right here. I'm going to pray over this bed that you're sanctified and pure. I'm going to pray over your pillow and your bed sheets. I'm going to pray over your clothes. I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Reel it in just, just a little bit. All the time, she's sowing her prayers. She's sowing prayers. She sowed her love. I mean, this one I think is so, so cliche that we just kind of like dismiss it. But there's nothing like a mother's love. 
let us see you through storms. You know, I've seen full-grown men run back to mom when things get really tough. Why? Because there's something about a mother's love. Sowing. So, when you sow love, you got to see it like that. Don't look for an immediate response. Sow it as a seed. When they don't respond the way that you want, sow it as a seed. Sow it as a seed. It, it, it is a seed. It's interesting that, that Timothy uh, was named, commentaries believe that, that Timothy was actually named by his grandmother and his mother. That, it, that the, his father didn't actually have a part in the naming process because they named him Timothy, the one, it means this, the one who fears God. They named him that. In the midst of a split household, in the midst of a less than ideal faith situation, they named him the one who fears God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, it says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. This is Paul talking to Timothy. And now from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He says, this is Paul talking to Timothy, and he says, you've known from infancy. Infancy, what has he known? The scriptures. How did he know from infancy the scriptures? Because he had a mom, and he had a grandmom that was sowing into his life to make sure he knew. And now Paul attributes his own standing, his own salvation to the sowing of his mother and of his grandmother. I read this story this week. It's written by a guy by the name of Dennis. He recorded it. And he, he said this. When a team of Christians, tells this story, when a team of Christians visited Starpole, Russia, in 1994 to hand out Bibles, a local citizen said he recalled seeing Bibles in an old warehouse. They had been confiscated in the 1930s when Stalin was sending believers to the labor camps. Amazingly, the Bibles were still there. Among those who showed up to load them into trucks was a young agnostic student just wanting to earn a day's wage. But soon he slipped away from the job to steal a Bible. A team member went looking for him, and they found him sitting in a corner, weeping. Out of the hundreds of Bibles, he had picked up one that bore the handwritten signature of his own grandmother. Persecuted for her faith, she had no doubt prayed often for her family and her city. God used that grandmother's Bible to convict that young man. God has no grandchildren. We must each become first-generation believers through personal faith in Jesus. But the devotion to God of a grandparent or parent is a powerful ally of his spirit to bring our children to Christ. Paul encouraged Timothy by recalling the faith of his grandmother and his mother. Although Timothy's, Timothy's faith was his own, it was deem, deeply linked to theirs. What a... What a what an a grandmother that believed and sowed the word years later found randomly by an agnostic grandson who then came. Don't tell me that God does not work through legacy. That God doesn't work through generations. That, God, that grandmother had passed on. She had no idea that there was still a seed to be harvested. She had no clue that God was not done. And that's my encouragement to you today is God is not done. 
He is not through with you. He's not through with your family. He's not through with your legacy, whether you're young or old, whether you're married or single, whether you're a dad, a mom, or someday will be. God is not done with you and will bring legacy from you. It's been almost, almost a year uh, ago, my grandmother passed away. And we, I can't even remember, I think it's 27 grandkids that she, she has. And, and um, I'm the oldest son. And so they asked me to speak at her, at her funeral. And so last year I went back to Washington to speak and, and to share the funeral in, um, I think she was 93 when she passed away. And so she'd lived a full life. Um, she loved Jesus with all her heart. She was, she was um, beyond radical. I mean, like, she would witness to anybody. I, I have memories of going to the grocery store with her. As they're checking out our groceries, she would be witnessing. And she loved to do this. As she's witnessing, then she would turn to me and say, Dustin, why don't you tell them? And I'm like, um, um, yeah, um, uh, Grandma, this one's yours, okay? Like, leave me out of this. She quizzed me all the time about the word. She's praying all the time. And I was, I was studying to tr like try to figure out what to say. I speak for a living. I speak all the time. I couldn't find anything to say. I, di I didn't know what to, to actually put together for her service that, that would actually be a memorial to her, that would actually be honoring of the woman of God she was. And I, I couldn't found, find it. And, and, and then... God highlighted this scripture that we read today, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And I turned in my Bible. I didn't remember what it was, and I just got that scripture in my mind. And I turned to that reference. And when I looked at it, I realized, if you look at it, it says this. It says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, which was powerful to me. But what was crazier that I didn't even realize says, which lived in your grandmother, Lois which is my grandmother's name. And I remember going, like, wow, God, like, how did you? I, did, I, didn't, even, I didn't even know. But God was teaching me something. He's teaching me the power of legacy and the power of connectivity from generation to generation. And I, I, want, I want to just sh uh, show you, and hopefully you can see it, and, and Wiley, you can see this, but you can go ahead and put a picture up there uh, on, on the screen. And um, this, is, this is my grandma on our wedding day, okay? Um, I just want to, just, just for the fun of it, I'd like to draw your attention to the baggiest pants. All you wondering if I ever wore baggy pants, I did on my wedding day, on my wedding day. I look like all you. It was amazing. I'm never going back. That's, that's, my, that's my grandmother. And uh, you can go to the next, next picture. This is us just about a, two years before she passed. She's 91 and uh, two years before she passed. And um, this is, that's her son. That's her grandson, me. That's her great-grandson, her great-grandson. This, it's legacy. It's, it's, it's family. A couple months before she passed, I called her. You can go to the next one. She's laying in the bed. This is, I think, four days before she actually passed away. My last time that I talked to her. FaceTiming. 
I know this is emotional for some of you because you've, you've went through loss and I'm not trying to pull on your emotions, but I, I, I want you to see the beauty. I want you to see the beauty of it. The faith that was in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mom, Eunice, and I'm persuaded, lives in you as well. I'm convinced, lives in you as well. I want to show you something super powerful. This is about two months before she passed away. My mom sent me this video. Go ahead. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. <clears throat> These are your kids. They belong to you, and you have, you will, um, just anoint them. Anoint them, Lord. Every turn of their, they make. In Jesus' name, we commend them to you, for all things are possible with you. In Jesus' name. This is... That's my grandmother praying for my family. Praying that God's way, His will would be had. She knew that everything I do in ministry is connected to a sincere faith that was in a grandmother and got passed down to a mother and now resides in me. Don't tell me what you're doing isn't important. Don't tell me what the prayers that your brain don't matter. I'm here to tell you that they are seeds that God is using. They are, there is a sowing process that God is using you to participate in that might not even be in your lifetime and might not even be for you. But if you don't grow weary in doing good, in due season, you will reap a harvest. And to every mom who has labored, and to every mom who has prayed, and every mom who has survived a less than ideal situation, I want to commend you, and I want to encourage you, and I want to charge you, and I want to challenge you to don't let the next generation pass away without hearing your voice and feeling your prayers. Don't let your kids wander off into oblivion without them feeling the emphasis and the seeds of your greatness, of your faith, of your prayers, and of the word. David said this. He said, don't let me pass. Don't let me die until I declare your goodness to the next generation. Don't let me go until I declare your goodness to the next generation. I believe God is raising up families. You might be in here. You might be far from God. You might be close to God. You may have been a good mom. You may have been a bad mom. You may be a dad in here and you're, you're challenged. You're riveted. You might be a single mom in here and you're wondering how you're going to do what you know you need to do. And I want you to know this, you're not doing it by yourself. 
You are not trying to pass on a faith that is just you. You're trying to pass on a faith that is connected to a God that sees you and connected to a God that loves you and connected to a God that is going before you. The Bible says His glory is your rear guard. It says surely and goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. The Bible says He's watching over His Word to see that it is fulfilled and every child is a Word and every child is a promise and God Himself is watching over the word that is their life to see that it is fulfilled. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.